Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Jesse Terran. Jesse is a serial entrepreneur who founded EcoWake after taking a four-month mini-retirement to work on himself. After meditating in silence for about 10 days during a Vipassana, he um, participated in several personal development courses and realized that if the world isn't healthy, then humans are not healthy either, and he needed to take action on it. And so with that notion, he started to dig in deeper into what this world needs and founded something called EcoWake, and we'll talk about this today. So welcome to the show, Jesse. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, excited. Absolutely. Myself too. I, I, I love each and every episode and I, I want to learn a lot more about EcoWake and especially your vision behind it. So really simply put, it's an, it's an alarm on my cell phone I can use that then plants trees if I wake up on time. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's the gist of it. So essentially, yeah, it's, a, it's an alarm clock. And as you wake up on time, it rewards you with virtual seeds. And then you can exchange those seeds to plant uh, real trees in the world uh, through our partners. And then also on the app as well, uh, we're trying to make the impact more tangible because obviously uh, tree planting, it's, it's super important. But, you know, when we're doing um, tree planting in different sites, it's hard to, you know, really grasp what kind of effect you're having. So we added a little bit of gamification as well. So you can start to build up your own virtual forest and, and see the impact that you're having um, as well on the app. That's really cool. So did you just realize like you want more individuals to be connected with this notion of making a difference in the world or like what was the, one of the driving forces behind that idea? Yeah. So it came from when I took that mini retirement, which was the other four months uh, when I had a remote job and, you know, just wasn't uh, fulfilled in it. So I took some time to do work and I was in the Vipassana retreat, the 10 day silent meditation with no reading, no writing, no exercising, no eye contact or talking. And from that, it was like around the eighth day when you know, I started to look at nature in such a different light. And when I looked at, you know, some, some trees in, in the ecosystem around, um, you know, I realized that if, if this isn't healthy, you know, humans aren't healthy. Right. And it started to look at a world level problem. And I kept asking myself the question, if I could spend the rest of my life, you know, focused on one problem, what would it be? And two things always came up for me, you know, one was human performance and the other one was sustainability in the environment. Mm -hmm. And it always came back to that. So when I got out of um, Vipassana, I wanted to you know, solve a world level problem. And, um, and then that's how it was born. So from the human performance side, you know, we're really focused on getting people up on time out of bed and reduce the amount of brain fog they feel in the morning. Um, I used to struggle a lot myself with getting up on time. I hit snooze over and over and over again. And I found when I would get up on time, uh, do a three hour morning routine, which is my routine now and get, you know, super present for the day. Uh, the rest of my life just became a lot better. So, uh, combining that with, you know, being able to contribute to the world and, you know, wake up for uh, a bigger problem than just yourself and your own, uh, you know, daily life. Um, and that's, that's really how it was born was by combining those, those two passions. Cool. Let me let me check in there a little bit more about this Vipassana. That sounds like a, a great experience you had in 10 days of silence. So was that like the first time you started really deeply meditating or was this part of your sabbatical and you actually like a, a lifelong meditator? 
Yeah, great, great question. So before it, I, I meditated because I would read articles uh, about how good meditating was for you. And I knew, you know, all these other CEOs and founders starting to get into meditation. So, you know, I do five minutes or 10 minutes here and there, uh, but I never uh, saw, you know, huge tangible effects. I'd feel, you know, a little bit more peaceful or, or calm, but I more did it just because, you know, quote unquote, it's, you know, going to make me more productive. Um, and then it wasn't until I really embarked on the retreat and had some uh, very intense experiences, which I then actually wrote a book about, um, books, books live on, on Amazon now, uh, describing the experience in the retreat that I realized the power of meditation and, and what's actually uh, possible uh, with the practice. That's really cool. That's really cool that it like routed you into, you know, a next level creation mode, writing a book about it and then finding a way to connect to one of the, yeah, I think one of the more uh, real topics in regards to global pollution, global climate issues. And, and, and simply, I, I, you know, I, I, I like to change this narrative sometimes from climate change into simply us becoming or arriving back in harmony with the natural cycles of this planet, right? Like, so carbon is one of those cycles. And yeah. if we plant trees, we, we can affect this carbon cycle. And um, I, I bet you know a lot more about this than, than I do. Um, so maybe let's start, let's start there to understand, like, who did you partner with and who is planting those trees? And what are some of the goals and milestones that EcoWake is, is, um, is excited to experience? Yeah, so our main tree planting partner right now is a company called Eden Reforestations. Um, and so they're, they're a not-for-profit company. Uh, we have sites right now in uh, Africa and Southeast Asia where mm -hmm. we're uh, planting trees. And as we continue to grow and expand, we're going to bring on more partners uh, so that we can add projects. Uh, you know, we're looking at the Amazon right now. We're looking at, uh, you know, with all the fires that just happened in Australia, we want to support projects there as well and, and also North America. So we, we right now, yeah, I mean, they focus with Eden Reforestation. They're a phenomenal company to, to work with. And then we're going to look to, to expand more partners uh, in the future. Got it. Okay, cool. And so the app just launched, um, but there's a clear, there's a clear vision beyond the app as far as I understand. Right. And that has to do with like being part of this movement of planting. Like I think right now what the world is, is kind of announced is the 1 trillion tree campaign. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, it started out with a million trees that a kid in Switzerland or a school in Germany and Switzerland wanted to plant. And then they, they actually started getting this ball rolling and then more and more, uh, people got, got, you know, that wind of it. And, and I think Mark Benioff at some point, the CEO of Salesforce said, let's make this a campaign. And um, then it turned into 1 billion trees. And after not too long, we realized that scientifically, I think the number is just below 1 trillion trees that we actually need on this planet. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you guys, what's your contribution to this kind of audacious, really audacious goal? Yeah, exactly. We, and we saw the same study too that, that you're talking about with the trillion trees and that's, you know, one of the best ways that we can, you know, fight climate change. Um, and so we set the goal when we initially founded the company uh, just over a year ago, um, our mission is to plant a billion trees by 2030. So, you know, a small piece of that, that pie, but still, you know, significant contribution. Um, so yeah, you know, we're just starting off the decade. We just launched about uh, five weeks ago. And, you know, we're uh, uh, very early stages, but that's, that's really what we're, we're out to achieve. And our, our vision within that is to really profoundly unite humanity around helping the planet become healthier for thousands of years to come. So it's, 
taking all the individuals that, uh, you know, now they're aware of it. You know, there, there's been a lot of awareness, especially in the last year about, you know, the effects of climate change. And um, a lot of people just that we talked to just didn't feel empowered to do anything about it. They, they weren't sure what to do. Yeah. And so, you know, we took something that we're like, what's, you know, what's something that, you know, every single person is, you know, that, um, you know, is, that's alive today. What are they doing every day? Well, they're, well, they're waking up. So what if, you know, c contributing to a healthier planet was as easy as waking up in the morning? Yeah. I mean, this is, it, it sounds, it sounds very simple, but in many ways of looking at it, that's, that's kind of what, what we want to be living in, right? Is a system that is not just perpetuating some kind of economic growth or some kind of like form of like, uh, illusionary expansion. Meanwhile, the planet suffers or people suffer or animals suffer. But what we really want is it to be as simple as waking up and doing the things we're doing to contribute to like a holistic reality. And, and I think right now, as we're recording this episode, we're quite far away from that still, right? But people are waking up, exactly. metaphorically speaking, but then also literally speaking. And so you guys took that as like the, the, the bridge to say, well, if you wake up on time, you get a reward in our app system and then that reward actually allows you to plant a tree yeah ex exactly and, and a little more on the the name eco wake it's you know yeah beyond just you know waking up for the day like you said it's really like uh having people wake up you know for the planet really cool really cool well let me ask you a few questions jesse around that and around like just who you are and like what what got you to to, to do all this um, so you're a serial entrepreneur at this point. Like, is there any other like um, enterprise or, or 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 creation of yours that you you can maybe share an anecdote from? And you know what I always love hearing are these stories that lead from uh, challenge or adversity into this freedom and this clarity that 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 you have now. Yeah, for sure. So uh, when I was in university, uh, I was actually running a painting franchise. Uh, that's how I really got um, my feet really wet in the entrepreneurial world. And so, yeah, it was in the last three years that I was in university and was able to, you know, build that up to 21 staff, you know, while I was sitting in class and, you know, uh, using their systems and, and making it better and growing. And, and after that, I ended up taking a role with a remote company, uh, a tech company. I had you know, all the freedom that, that you'd want in the world, like live and work anywhere in the world, I was, you know, earning, um, you know, good, good salary, but I was, yeah, I was very unfulfilled uh, myself. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, like, is, you know, is this it? <laughs> is this, is this what, you know, what, you know, work so hard for? Um, and, and that's, you know, that's what really sparked me to, to take that four months and the mini retirement and, uh, you know, find out what I want to spend you know, the rest of my life doing. And, and if it, you know, wasn't for, you know, taking that time, the easiest thing for me would have been to, you know, quit that job and, and jump into something right away. That would, that would have been the easy road, but I wanted to do the deep personal work to figure out what, you know, was actually important to me, um, you know, for the, for the rest of my life before I started, you know, on a new challenge. So by taking that, you know, huge step back for, you know, it felt like an eternity. It was only four months, but it, you know, in, in my right. while you're in it, it's a different experience. It's exactly, exactly. So it, it felt like an eternity, but that step back, you know, has actually allowed me to slingshot myself um, a lot further forward than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, that's an interesting insight, right? When we step sideways or in almost into like a pausing scenario, I actually had one of those myself, like 
this is a, a bunch of years ago now already, but you know, I, I, I quit a really well-paying job and then just did nothing for six months because that doing nothing, that meditation, that like attuning to some of those questions and going deeper, right? Like what do I actually, what are the challenges I enjoy be, being part of? What are the challenges that are worth waking up for both literally, but also metaphorically? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. Really curious. So let me, let me ask you a question. So if you, were to give an advice to your younger version from this perspective that you have now after your own uh, kind of sabbatical, right? In that sense, um, just, just one or two hinters or pointers of what, what would you share? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first would be don't, uh, don't rush. Don't, don't rush the process, you know, stop stop resisting, you know, where you are right now and stop fighting it and just learn to accept that, you know, where I was in that moment was exactly where I needed to be and really enjoy it because it's, you know, it's actually a very special time. So, um, yeah, just, uh, stop resisting so much and just, yeah, enjoy that part of the process. That would be, you know, number one. And, Number two is surround yourself with people that are going to get you to think even bigger than, than you are right now. And especially when you're in that phase of early creation, you know, what is that moonshot goal? And then how do you take that moonshot goal and 10 exit, you know, and then start asking yourself questions, but how, you know, how could I hundred exit or how could I thousand X that moonshot? And I find that, you know, the more questions that I ask and the bigger questions I ask for myself, I typically, you know, don't have anything in the moment when I ask that, or if I write it in my journal, but, you know, in the next, in the coming days and the coming weeks and, and months, the conversations start to solve those questions. Yeah. I love that you're bringing up journaling. I think it's one of the, the strongest tools we can have in our like self-inquiry, right? It's, no matter if your goal is to impact the entire world. And as you say, like scale it to a hundred X, or if your if your journey is, is much more uh, localized or small, not in a derogatory, but like in a purpose bound way, like the moment you start journaling and you start asking yourself these questions, those true answers actually start showing up step by step, day by day, the more we, we listen in. Jesse, what do you, what do you require? Like what's required for you to experience trust and, and, and have trust to another person, a project and something that you're engaged in? Communication. Yeah. I think it always goes back to communication and, and authenticity. I mean, that's, those are two of their biggest values, you know, that we've instilled with EcoWake is, you know, be authentic and be self-expressed to who you really are. And everything can be resolved through communication. Mm. If, even if you know, it seems like you know the world's ending with, with a problem or a challenge it's like let's just talk about it because as soon as we can talk about it and we have the the facts around it you know we're going to come up with solutions that that can solve can solve it so if you're self-expressed yeah you're authentic to who you are as a being and you can talk about anything then uh, i'm a i'm a pretty trustworthy guy mm. and, nice and, and, and so trust, interesting yeah, no, I, I hear you. Self-expression and, and speaking one's truth, I think is, it's surprisingly challenging for people because it's, it's sometimes not the ways we, we get, you know, educated or grow up, but it is the alpha and omega, I would say, is when you speak your own truth and you can even do so kindly, like 
things start changing and shifting quite rapidly in our lives. Let yeah. me ask you, yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I, as soon as you, you know, stop, stop pretending or stop being inauthentic to, you know, to what really is important to you, like that, that's when you really start to make progress on your life. Totally, 100%. Let me ask you about this uh, from like a different angle then. So if you, you know, if you could influence the education system or change the education system at any stage from like uh, what toddlers or children learn to university or, or even lifelong learning, like wherever you want to pick up this question, like what would you, what would you change or what would you kind of um, want to bring into this, this realm of education? Yeah, I think I would like to, I mean, start as young as possible, you know, and, you know, our current education system is, you know, it's, it's completely broken, right? It's, you know, based on the industrial revolution where people come in and, you know, they're taught so much memorization. And, you know, when today you can, you know, any kid can pull out their, their cell phone and type in any answer and get it in you know, a matter of a second. There's not like, there's not much use to uh, memorization anymore or repetitive tasks. Mm. So, you know, what I've, you know, would love to implement and see more and more of is, you know, as, as early as, you know, uh, young grade school, just seeing a lot more entrepreneurial endeavors and actually having uh, kids think for themselves and think about, you know, the, uh, the kind of impact they, they want to create and then have teachers that can empower them to do that. And I think the earlier that we can teach that and instill that into to society, uh, the more solutions that are, that are going to come out of it. When we look at, you know, the, a global problem such as climate crisis, it's, it's not going to be changed through the governments or the policymakers. It's going to come from the private sector. It's going to come from, you know, companies that are taking on the challenge and can move really quickly because if you, if we wait or we wait for the you know big policies to, to change, like it's going to be too late. And so I think it's as early as, you know, you can get kids, you know, doing things like, uh, you know, encouraging, you know, lemonade stands and those types of things to get yeah. them thinking that way, you know, the, the better the world's going to be. Empower, empower people everywhere to really express their gifts and, and, and also their entrepreneurial gifts. Yeah. I, I feel you there on the, like the importance of the private sector. I think, you know, we don't know yet how it's going to change. I think what we know is if we wait for governments only, we, we might miss the boat on like really creating sustainable uh, environments for, for everyone. And, and also the private sector can be quite scary, right? Because there are some companies that might have different intentions than necessarily um, like a holistic uh, world. But that being said, let's bring it back to EcoWake. I'd love to understand like what's one of the, the pathways because this goal of planting a billion trees, I mean, it's definitely a moonshot, right? It's definitely like a, a, a humbly audacious goal. So um, who do you see are your partners in this? How, what, what do you think does it take to actually get um, pe people to integrate this into their daily life? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot, but it's really going to be uh, the community with it. Right? Or, you know, one of our biggest things that we're focusing on right now is, is building community around it. And working with, you know, other uh, eco-conscious companies, uh, you know, we're, we're based in Vancouver, so we've started local and we're starting the conversations with companies that, uh, you know, we look at their values, we look at our values and, and where do we see alignments and, and what kind of deals um, can we work together on, uh, on that just to create win-wins 
Um, and you'll see, you're seeing a lot of them more and more pop up, especially in the, you know, in the Northwest um, right now, there's the, the consumers are more equally conscious. They're starting to ask for, for more um, from the brands. And, you know, when we can find those, those companies and, you know, create communities within, you know, the eco-friendly companies and then create communities within, you know, users and, and people demanding for it, you know, that's, that's really how we see, um, you know, being able to, to hit this goal over the next 10 years. It's, it's going to be built all around community and, and we're really, we're really excited to implement, uh, you know, a community feature into the app, which, which will be coming, you know, in the, in, in the next few months here. Yeah, cool. Exciting times for for anyone who's eco aware in that sense and wants to continue to contribute and wants to find the simple ways to contribute. I think initiatives like like yours and, and apps, um, you know, they're they're not the only way, but they're definitely part of the chain of actions that really make make this world look, um, I guess, just much more holistic. And on that note, I have a question for you. Maybe maybe it's some of the sites Eden plants trees. But, who knows, maybe other places you've traveled, but if you had three favorite places on the planet, which ones would that be? Uh, number one would be uh, BC, yeah, where, where I live in the Vancouver area. I, I love it here. Um, the outdoors, I mean, right now, just uh, able to look at the, the mountains, you know, right, right outside, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, number two favorite place is Medellin in Colombia. So I lived there for, for a few months and absolutely loved it down there. The people are amazing down there. Um, you know, the, the food's incredible. Uh, it's incredibly economical as well. And uh, my third favorite place in the world would be, it's uh, a good, good question. <laughs> so many places, right? Yeah, so many places. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've been lucky to travel to, to over 30 countries now. Um, so it's, it's hard to choose, but, uh, I actually really love Japan. Yeah. in Tokyo. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. That was uh, an amazing place that I've never seen streets so clean and uh, a transportation system work so efficiently and absolutely. Yeah. I loved it there. Yeah. Really cool. I know we talked about trees, um, and, and planting trees, but let me ask you another kind of complex, uh, or a question about a complex topic in our society and this is like what's your thought on on the global like picture of on trash and garbage and the way we we relate to trash and garbage and and all that do you, do you have like um a train of thought there that's that's worth sharing yeah it's it's insane i mean you, you see those photos from you know the philippines and, and those uh, <clears throat> those countries where you see trash floating in, in the ocean and it's it's almost hard to fathom, you know, what, what, what's happening with that. And I think the days of, you know, single use plastic or single use items is, you know, it's coming to an end really fast. Uh, a couple of my really good friends actually started a company uh, called Life Unpacked, where their, their mission is to save a, a billion pieces of plastic from entering the ocean with their sustainable and, and eco-friendly bathroom products. And, you know, it's companies like, um, you know, like, like Life Unpacked that are, uh, really, you know, leading that movement to create alternatives that, you know, are not only better, uh, but they're you know, way more sustainable and eco-friendly because, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, there's just, you know, we're just kind of running out of room to, to put things. And, you know, if you, if you go into a store, you know, there's that common example, you go into a store and you grab a muffin and you put it into a bag, 
and you pay for it and you walk out and you take the bag out and you eat the muffin and throw the bag away. Like those, those days, you know, they have to come to an end because that's, you know, that, that's being used for all of 30 seconds and that's just not sustainable at all. Um, hmm. So you, you see that there's like, like both maybe renewable answers again through, as, as you said earlier, like the private sector and innovation and, and so forth, but then also uh, you think like behavioral changes have to actually happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a cultural thing too. Right. So as soon as, you know, cultures, you know, once we uh, you really start to change and adapt as a culture where if, you know, you're in a group of friends and, and one person is doing something in a certain way, that does, isn't in alignment with, with the group now, like that's going to start to shift, right? And as soon as the behavior and cultural <clears throat> changes, where there's there's so much knowledge today about the problem and, and the awareness, and now we're starting to see that transition into where there's you're actually being able to take action on it. And that's what I'm really excited about for, and that's what like really gets me fired up and, and going in the morning is that. Uh, there's more and more solutions uh, to the problem. And it's not just like, we're not just talking about these things anymore. Uh, things are actually happening and moving in the world. Totally. I think this is one of the ways to interpret this as some of the most exciting times to be alive on this planet, right? It's like one, we're, we're having this like revolution of, of technology, but then two, also we're as a species actually relearning to harmonize with nature. I mean, because we're faced with a cat catastrophic other alternative, which is we don't do that. And, and we, we kind of become these abstractions of our mind, right? But um, definitely, definitely. Jesse, is there anything else you'd love to share, point at, um, maybe tell us where, um, where to get in touch with, with EcoWake and like how to, how to use the app, how to be part of this entire environment you guys are building? Yeah, for sure. I, th I think just yet yeah, before going to EcoWake, I think one of the biggest things and comments that we get from people is, you know, there, there's still the, the climate change deniers or people that, you know, say that, you know, things actually happening and there's no way to prove it. And, you know, I just want to say for, with regards to that is, you know, whether or not climate change, you know, truly does exist, it, it actually doesn't matter. And, and I think the only question we need to ask is because at the end of the day, the world is, is going to exist. The earth is going to be here. It's go th it goes through cycles all the time, but, um, the question is, are humans going to be a part of it or not? Right. And so it doesn't matter if it exists or not. The worst case scenario about doing something and becoming more uh, eco-friendly, planting more trees is that, you know, we have a healthier and prettier planet to, to live in and to coexist in because we're not separate from it. We're a part of it. It's what sustains our entire lives. And the more that we can do to take care of it, the better off your life will be, the better off your community will be, the better off you know, our entire society will be. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, to add that in. Yeah, beautiful, man. Thank you so much for, for making that stand. I, I agree, I hear you, and I think it's, it's very true. You know, we, we get to simply co-create an environment we want to live in instead of just having all these random, random seeming side effects of pollution and garbage and like maybe that was part of the first wave, right? Of, from industrial revolution to the 21st century. But at this point, I mean, we're at a very different stage of consciousness. And so the next 10, 20, 30 years will be a big clean up, grow up, show up effort, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's gonna be, 
I think, yeah, this next decade is, is probably the most important next, next 10 years too. Great. Wait, clean up, grow up, show up and wake up, wake yeah. up, right. wake up with you guys. Thank you so much, Jesse, for the time. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for answering some, some tougher questions. And um, we'll, we'll um, place a, a link to the app in the, in the show notes as well. Um, it was a pleasure to interview you. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. And that's that. Another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it, very much so, and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line, where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together, and you know that. That's why you're listening, that's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of inside evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in. Connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.